blue wire. To the end zone he goes. Where Sammy is. Boyd with a great fake. Touchdown, Taj. Hopkins throws to Boyd. Lean means touchdown throwing machine tonight, and he's got another one. Boyd to the end zone. Welcome back to the Taj Boyd Podcast. Hope all has been well with you guys. Look, joining me for another round of dialogue is my guy, A.J. Marshall, defensive extraordinaire formerly of Wake Forest and now residing in Charlotte. Look, in this conversation, we touch on a variety of topics ranging from recruiting, the sports we played, Lane Kiffin, hard knocks, and some bad eating habits. There's a lot packed in here. Quite frankly, some of it's funny as hell, so lock in and enjoy. If you haven't already, Make sure you tell your friends about the Taj Boy podcast and subscribe. Thanks for listening in. Here we go. I can't keep it together. So, like, this morning, man, I went and worked out, got it in. Burpees, rope, box jumps. Yeah. Chups. And I I drink a protein shake, you know. And then I had the event today over at the elementary school, did that whole deal. And it came mm-hmm. to it. So, it was solid. You know, I had some pulled pork. I'm trying to stay away from pork, but it is what it is. Yeah. I had some green beans. And then I was I had had a salad for dinner, a grilled chicken salad. I get mm-hmm. to the crib, turn on Greenleaf on Netflix, you know, just watch like seven minutes of it. And then I forgot that I had bought a Snicker for some of the janitorial staff, you know, over at the development. Yeah. I ate the Snicker and then I had bought this cookie ice cream sandwich from Trader Joe's and I ate that too. <laughs> and I feel absolutely terrible about myself. Yeah, see now your whole workout gone. Whole thing, bro. I feel disgusting. And See, but that's the thing, like I ain't feel bad about doing stuff like that, like at wake, like in college. No, just because you working out and you doing something every day. Yeah, and you, you I mean, you're dead of the heat. I mean, none of it really matters until like November roll around that that temperature start to drop, and you're like, oh wow, yeah, yeah. It take. I mean, now it's different as far as dieting and stuff. Like you know, I used to didn't even think about. It. I could just eat anything <laughs> and still weigh the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Now, boy. It catch up to you quick, and I, and I, bro, it's hard for me to work out, bro. I really don't like working out, bro. No? And I think it's, I think it's just because we had to work out for so long, bro. Every single day, bro. Olympic style lifting, like man, bro. I'm scarred. Like I really dislike working out, bro. Like I, I bought a bike, you know what I'm saying, just to try to do something different because I, I don't like working out, and I definitely don't like running distance. Yeah. Partly because my back be start, I start hurting. Like after a mile, it's over for me, bro. Like <laughs> after a mile, bro, that's my back. It's like, all right, bro, what we really doing out here? You know what I'm saying? My body just like, yo, we need to be. So I mean, I got a bike, so I'll be riding. I'll be doing trying to do miles on that, but it's tough, bro. I hate working out. I was in that phase for like three years, you know. And I'm talking about like to the point where, I mean, I was eating Chinese food. Like, I'm a Chinese food fan, bro. Like, sesame chicken. Me too, bro. My wife hated it. My wife hated I like Chinese food. Every time I say something about Chinese food, she'd be, oh, I thought you was eating healthy. Like, what? Right. Bro, I love, I love sesame chicken, bro. And I was, uh, Matt, man, Matt James, he posted um, something on the gram, like some breakfast he had. And it was all like bean sprouts and like lettuce for breakfast. And I was like, damn, I had just had Chick fil A. I was like, shit, you know? And I was like, Matt, I was like, you out here living like that, huh? He was like, oh, man, 30 days, all natural, just all clean. I'm like, yeah, bro. I can give you six days, and that's going to be a lot. It's actually crazy because Matt, like, one of the – I'm not even going to call him greedy. He just eat a lot. Yeah. Like, he can eat a lot in one sitting. So he ain't a snacker, but he, just eat a, he can consume a lot. He can eat a lot of food, bro. Yeah, like it's it's actually crazy that he, like I mean he's a foodie, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he yeah. lives ABC food tours. Yeah, yeah, bro. Like so when he came to Charlotte, like he had a setup where we went to this new restaurant and like they just kept bringing us food. I'm like, yo, I'm full, but they they just kept bringing us food and he was perfect. <laughs> like, bro, they bought us like two pizzas, like three appetizers, three main joints. I'm like, bro, this is crazy. Metabolism, man, still burning. Yeah, he still, yeah, but he work out like every day. And it's funny he about to be on. Uh, he about to be the bachelor. 
Is that still happening? You talk to him. You talking about it? I, I got. Um. Yeah, I talked him and uh him and TC jumped on, and uh, I don't know. I I think it is. I think he's trying to be hella discreet about it, though. You know. Yeah. I mean, he has to. I mean, yeah. You know. Um. I don't know. I think I think it'd be good though. I mean, look. Man, he the man right now, bro. He got juice. Well, it's so funny because you watch the show, don't you? Yeah, of course. I'm, <laughs> bro, I'm Bachelor Nation. <clears throat> I'm in it, bro. I'm not. I've never watched the show. I mean, I watched a little bit when TC was on it, just because yeah. that was a homie. Um, but I mean, I'm gonna have to obviously watch it because Matt on it. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, me and Matt got some of the funniest stories. Matt, I mean, just if you hang around Matt, you always gonna get a funny story. But like. Yeah. We got some funny stories, bro. Like one time for spring break freshman year, <laughs> this man just like we was both in, we was both back home in Durham and Raleigh. He like we was just chilling. He like, yo, what you doing? Do you want to go to Orlando <laughs> for spring break? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I would. Like, what's up? He like, why well, right, we gotta leave like in a couple hours? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, all you gotta do is pay for gas, and we like, we got a place to stay and stuff. So it's just like a bunch of stories like that. Like we drove down to his like nineteen, like nineteen ninety nine Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that dude crazy, bro. Not funny. He is, bro. Hey, man, it's, it's he used to come to the crib uh, at close because he's coming out all the time. Man, you know, he went to he went to high school with one of the uh, the long snappers. Yeah. I can still see them dreads, man. That's wild, man. <laughs> That's what he had, the dreads. The dreads. It's funny because he said, because, uh, you know, we both, like, like we both from the same area. So he was like, yeah. bro, honestly, like, I was just going to go wherever you went. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, if you would have went to V-Tech, I would have went to V-Tech. <laughs> no, I love, I love Matt, though. You almost went to Virginia Tech? Yeah, I did. I thought I was too at one point. And I went to, so I went on um to like a junior day, you know, they had they had offered or whatever. And it's funny, I wrote about this. Like th- there's this book coming out called Five Star Quarterback, and you got like, you know, anybody from Mark Sanchez to Jimmy Clausen to Deshaun mm-hmm. to you know myself, and we really it's a it's a, a, a guidebook, kind of a handbook uh for parents and these quarterbacks as they navigate the journey, you know. Yeah. And you know, one of the it was like, you know, well, did you have a memorable camp experience? I was like, yeah, junior day at Virginia Tech, you know. I mean, I show up, pull up, you know, all the coaches waiting outside for me. At least that's what I thought, you know. And, um, <laughs> you know, they're like, Taj, man, I'm so excited, you know. Uh, I think Stein Spring was the OC at the time, you know, the whole deal. I mean, they, they rolled out the maroon carpet. Mm-hmm. And everything was good for like 10 minutes until another quarterback, Kevin Newsom, shows up. And it's like, I never even existed, fam. It was like, all right, yeah, we'll see you out there in the field, you know. Kevin showed up, like, Kevin. I was like, damn, so I'm just alternate, bro. I'm not even the guy, you know. And so I never right. considered Virginia Tech from now on. I'm like, shit, shit. For real? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it was wild, No, so they I, – I used to love, like, Macho Harris, Brandon Flowers and all of them. Like, I was yeah. a big Tech fan. Then they offered me. I was like, damn. So my coach, my coach thought I was going. <laughs> but I don't know. When I, when I went up there – like I went up there and saw uh I think it was a junior day actually. And um bruh, I saw Cam Chance. I was like, I'm supposed to play with him on the same field as him. <laughs> bro, this dude was so big, bro. Like we played, I was a corner, he was a safety, so I'm like, bro, like, I don't know about this. But it was also cold, it was cold as hell, bro. Yeah, well, yeah, it's always it's gloomy it's too, bro. It's cold, depressing cold, as hell. Like, bro, I don't know about this, bro. This might be too cold for me. Yeah. Um but now nah, something similar happened to me at uh, Tennessee, but they corrected it when Lane Kiffin was there. I went to I went to their camp. We yeah. drove up to uh, and, and like it was me and my teammate, me and a couple of my teammates, and uh, they had me like they they put all their like top prospects, you know, inside in the indoor. Right. Like they was like, "What's your name?" Like I'm like, because they had me at first with some like slap group like, girls. <laughs> <laughs> And I just look different. And then they just asked me, like, like oh, man, you supposed to be inside. I'm like, yeah, I'm also, <laughs> like, hey, bro, I was about, I was about to sit down, bro. Like, no, nah, yeah. And that's where I went inside. It was, like, Bud, Morel, no, Bud, Bud Noel was in there. Uh, and Nikhil Roby was in there. Like, we was all just in there. 
the Joshua Johnson, we was all in there just strapping. They had the music blasting. Lane, it was Lane Kevin, only year there. Had the music going. They had, I mean, it was hot. It was fire. Yeah, I was supposed to be a part of that Tennessee team, bro. Oh, for real? Yeah. He came in. Well, I committed to Fulmer. Uh, he got fired like three weeks after they told me they wasn't going to fire him. And Hold on, so you committed to Tennessee? Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it was set in stone, bro. Like, I was involved, 865, you know, BOL. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fulmer's like, hey, look, man, I'm going to have you over. I got a pond in the backyard, man. We're going to be fishing. You're going to lead Tennessee back to greatness, you know. I'm like, damn right. You feel me? Yeah. Because yeah. on my visit, like, EB was my host legend eric berry mm-hmm. yeah and pastor Torres's cousin that's another story for another day but you know i go to the i go to the game bama beats the hell out of them like 42 17 and in my, my my mind i'm like this is the greatest experience i've ever been a part of like mm-hmm. regardless bro them people never left man it was rocking in there but yeah i was i was ready man we had like the number three recruiting class in the country like all type of shit like swanger was committed um Gerard Askew was a linebacker out of smith in chesapeake virginia we had, yeah, I know, I know uh Phil Sims. Yeah, Sims. Um, we had like yeah, Sims is the homie. Uh his dad was my substitute teacher. I think we talked about it a little bit. But we had like, bro, we had like three of the top ten wide receivers. We had a bunch of running backs. I was committed for this class. Bryce Petty was committed too, also. They went to Baylor. Yeah. And um Giffen came in, got the job, and he called everybody. But me, you know, so I had to call up T Martin and like Conjures Holloway. Yeah, and he eventually called and was like, hey, yeah, man, you're not going to fit what we're trying to build here, so I suggest you look elsewhere. I was Damn. Like, yeah, just like that, straight like that. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. And this was like three or four weeks before the state championship game. Um, I had got a last-minute invite to the Army All-American game. And I remember so without, without watching any film, like, man, she just said, yeah, you ain't here. I played an All-American game, won MVP. He calls back and was like, hey, you know, I think – I think we made a mistake. I like for you to reconsider. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, that's just a no go. Bro, what? Yeah, and he ended up telling Bryce Petty the same shit. And obviously, man, I went, as you know, did what I did in the ACC, and then Bryce Petty went to do what he did in the Big Twelve. And Tennessee has suffered since, you know, still, um, still, and still. And so, I do think there's hope for the boys going forward, though. I think Tennessee. Yeah, because I, I kind of like Pruitt, you know. I mean, it's more obviously. You know, it's more to just get recruits on the team. Like, you got to build a whole culture and shit. But yeah, I think that's what they struggled lately. I mean, they tried to hire that one coach and they yeah. fired him before you even hired him. Man, right? They got they let. I feel like that's a school that let the boosters control too much. Yeah. Well, his he had a buzz cut too. Butch, his hair. Oh yeah. As hell, like I wouldn't commit to that. If he walk in my living room, I'm like, yeah, I'm good, coach. I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that ain't right. Yeah. So you so when at what point did you did you uh choose Clemson? I met I met Rod McDowell, the running back at the Army All American game, um, and he was like, "Hey, are you committed?" I'm like, "Nah, man. It's like like this was like damn tender Bumble. You feel me? Just yeah. matchmaking." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not committed to anybody right now. I'm leaning heavily towards Ohio State." And I had a bunch of guys um that was playing in that game that I had built relationship with. And so I told Trestle I was coming. And um, it was Malachi Goodman played D, and it was Bryce McNeil. Um, and we had one other person, too. But we had a pretty small class. And so they called, man, after Rod had called them, my high school coach told them no at first. And then they had a coach that had some ties back to my high school. And so that's kind of how they got in the door. That's how they got Sweeney in. And Sweeney just came in and sold it from there, bro. But he got his, like, yeah. NBA marketing, so, like, Man was a genius. He essentially, all he did, though, very basic, which is actually works very well in any capacity, he essentially told me the opposite of what everybody else is telling me. Yeah. So he was like, look, you know, all of these coaches, because he understood the lay of the land. Like, he was like, if these coaches are telling him this, then what the hell can I do to separate myself from the pack? Yeah. And so he did the whole Eminem and 8 Mile and used it against him, like, <laughs> against himself. He was like, Taj, like, you know, I'm, you know, from a small town in Pelham, Alabama, you know, my mom lived with me when I was in college from a you know, poor situation. Um, man, you know, this is my first, you'll be my first quarterback and my first recruiting player. He was like, I might not even be here in two years. I might be fired, you know? And so he was like, but I'm not Jim Trestle and I'm not Chip Kelly and I'm not, you know, Bill Schneider or Rich Rodriguez. I'm none of those guys. He was like, but 
if you come here, man, we do something special together, you'll be a part of this fabric for forever. And he was like, you can go over there and be a guy or you can come here and lay the, lay the groundwork. And I was like, damn, I want to go lay the groundwork. And that's how he got me locked in, bro. Yeah, he ain't lie either, though. No, he didn't, man. So it's cool, man. It's a good program to be a part of, bro. And so from that standpoint, like being able to, to understand and see how culture was cultivated was pretty special. I had already been a part of it growing up. I mean, in every capacity, once I started looking back, in hindsight, like I played on a lot of different great programs with a lot of uh, – you know, great uh, uniformity within that, you know, whether it was language, whether it was uniform, just the mindset and the approach. And so, you know, your quarterback has to be on the same page as the head coach because, you know, when the quarterback, when the coach is not there, like the quarterback got to run shit, man. And so I knew the huddle, he, coach not there in the huddle. Yeah. You know, and I knew what he was you know trying what to build. So I was able to reinforce that to a degree. And just because I knew what the end game looked like, but we had so many guys who, who weren't accustomed to that. And it's tough when you talk about taking over a new business, whether that's, you know, it, hell, it could be you adopting a kid. Um, it could be you uh, dating a new girl. It could be you um, starting off starting off and, and branching into a new company. I mean, why would I listen to a guy who hasn't been with me during this whole duration? You know, like what can, yeah. this guy wasn't the same coach that was in my living room telling me that I was going to do X, Y, and Z. And yet he's trying to get me to change the way I think about things, you know? Yeah. Change my whole perspective on it. And so I understood where it was coming from, but like being on the front end of it, I was like, well, you know, initially you got to get those guys out of the room. You know, I heard uh, a CEO say one time, like he took over a new business and he fired the top salesman. And a lot of it was because, and somebody was like, well, why would you get rid of your highest earner? Like that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. This is the person that's keeping the business afloat. And the CEO was like, well, if that guy, has been successful without me, he's going to continue to think that he'll be successful with me or, you know, regardless of what I do from that standpoint. And so, you know, that arrogance or whatever it may be, man, it becomes like a ripple effect. It becomes toxic to any environment. And sometimes you got to get rid of the ego, man, and really rebuild from the ground up. And so that's kind of what it was for us. Yeah. Um, Not one person was bigger than the team and that's what we needed it to be. And I think that's why they're sustainable now. Uh, and it's because no matter what the guy is, three star, four star, five star, everybody got to earn that shit every week, you know. So it's good. It's a good mindset. I think, uh, yeah, I think that that story is way more relatable than Elaine Kiffin. Yeah, coming in your living room, right? You know, Dabo coming growing up. That's that's just way more relatable to today's recruit. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm sure parents are buying into that just because he's come from similar backgrounds, right. similar situations, you know, as as the, the very living room that he's in. Sure. Possibly. Rags to riches. I mean, yeah. we were really talking about it. Like, most of these kids can – like, I remember the first car I had, shit, you know, I had four hubcaps, one of rims, you know. Mm-hmm. Tires was bald, and I thought those was good tires, you know. It didn't, the gas gauge <laughs> didn't work, you know. And so I would yeah. measure, calculate it and measure it out and be like, y'all, I put eight gallons in here. That should last when I got 20 miles per gallon. You know, that's 160 miles, and I try to calculate the shit, bro. Right. That, that just that wasn't the case. And so when you got a guy who's sitting in your living room, and he's telling you that he was able to, to weather that storm and continue to rally and, and you know, built this – persistence and his resilience you're like well shit that's the american dream this guy did that then he could teach me how to do that as well and so that's why yeah. a lot of boys go play for him you know hell that's why i wouldn't play for him shit yeah and it's like like you said it's a good pitch i mean it's rather than just telling the kid i'm ohio state and i got this big ohio state brand behind me i mean you could just come here and be another number right you know what i'm saying i mean obviously i feel like I mean, I feel like, yeah, you definitely took the right path just because you'll be you'll be remembered way more than a quarterback at Ohio State that just came and broke a couple of records and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm appreciative of it, shit, you know, but like, uh, you know, it almost gets to the point where you just feel like you're doing your job and you don't even appreciate it when you're in it, you know? Um, yeah. So that's kind of a deal there. But man, like people remind me every day and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. But sometimes we're just like, look, man, I'm just a guy, you know? Um, I think it's, it's more than that, but you know, I appreciate it. But shit, I think you know, even when you talk, you said you was watching Hard Knocks. Um, 
in the training camp with A. Lynn is trying to build over there in uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. I think is I think it's relevant in the same kind of approach. I mean, they got some young players. They got some really star-studded wide receivers. Yeah. Keenan and, and Mike Williams. They got a veteran, OG and Tyrod. And then they got a young boy, Justin Herbert, you know. I and like uh, I like Aileen a lot, actually. He's a, he's a good coach. He yeah. treats them like men. He treats everybody like men. And he's uh, – I mean, there were just certain certain situations in, during the episode, like the last episode where, for instance, that running back, that's a little, they got a running back, a rookie running back that's a little overweight. I think he came in about like 10, 10 or 12 pounds, a little over than what he played, you know, played that last year. And he just told him, he just kept it real with him. He said, you're a little heavier than, you know, than, than what we got you at and what you played at. And, you know, you got to work. Like, first of all, you asked him what he's been doing. Right. You know, he just, just to hold him accountable. And, and he told him what he expected out of him. Man to man, this is a, this is a one-on-one conversation. And you could tell it was genuine. Yeah, because and and it sounded like he wanted you know that kid to succeed, and they believed him honestly. Obviously, obviously, I mean, because they they drafted him or whatever. But um, you just see one-off situations like that, uh, and then and then it's cool because this season. I mean, this yeah, this season of hard knocks. You get to compare the two, you know, McVay versus A. Lynn and McVay is. I feel like I'm not gonna say he's like more transactional, but uh, he holds guys accountable. But but you haven't seen those. I mean, like there was a situation he held golf accountable, but his his accountability is a little different right. than in A Lynn because A Lynn's pulling you to the side and he's not just challenging you. Um, and and I'm not saying like McVay did a, a, a wrong way; he just did it a different way. Sure, um, sure. So I'll give you an example. Like, um, A Lynn said there was a difference in Herbert's cadence when he was when it was when it was run versus pass. He said, "Look." If you're gonna say it soft, say it soft. If, you, if you're gonna say it loud, say it loud. Just do this, do it the same way. Yeah. Versus, um, golf, you know, took a little longer getting to play in. And McVeigh said, "Yo, we're doing this too slow. What's going on?" And he's like, "I just had to say it twice." But first, for first, golf just started asking me some questions, and then he's like, "Man, what what is your answer?" You know, and he's like, "I just had to say it twice." All right, I can build off that. I'm like, well, yeah. I just, just you know get it in quicker or something like that. But I prefer. I prefer Aileen's way just because, you know, it's, it's side, he's pulling you to the side and and he's uh, helping you understand why, you know, where his coaching point is coming from. Well, and I think uh, a lot of it could potentially be that, that Aileen played at a high level, you know? Yeah. And so there's some empathy there, right? He's like, well, shit, this is how I responded when I was a player. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm going to do to make sure that I can maximize the output for my players, you know, and, and, yeah. and be at a human level with them. Shit, like – he was the running backs coach when I was with the Jets. Um, he was he was the same way. Hell, at one point he asked me if I if I could if he was like, would you would you play running back? And I was like, absolutely not. You know, looking back on it, shit, I would play wedge buster if he needed me to. I wouldn't <laughs> check. You feel me? But right. you know, I, I think I think Lennon uh, will resonate a lot uh, with the players, and it's so unique because there's not a lot of former players that actually coach. Um, That's the so I feel, I'm I'm curious like. I wonder. I wonder what's the stat on that, like the success rate versus with coaches that have played versus, right. you know, that that haven't. Right. Because a lot of the coaches that haven't played are a lot of that's just stats based. And that's and that's the thing. Like they play to a degree. Like for me, they play money ball, right? Like it's well, we're we're, we're picking this player because this is the value. You know, we're gonna move them around here. Statistically, this is what they'll do. These are the measurables. Yeah. Some shit, bro. Like you can't understand unless you really performed and did unless it, you know? played, and you can just you can just look at it and tell like this guy's a player, right? And that's and I feel like man, bro. I, I talk I talk to people about this all the time. Like my boy EJ that that started his uh his agency, yeah, yeah. And like I talk to KJ about it all the time. Just like the ability to to scout talent and just tell if a guy got it or not. Right, just bro. straight off, just. By doing simple drills, you can tell if a guy what type of athlete the guy is. Right. You can tell if a guy can play basketball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can just tell what type of, like I said, what type of athlete somebody Man. is. And it's funny. I got uh it's this kid in, in North Carolina, he played quarterback in my area. Right. He in high school. He played J V last year. But he like he the number one quarterback. Man. And it's funny, it's the first the first time I seen him play. I said, oh, this kid going to be the number one quarterback. Yeah. So he, he going to play at Clemson. That's, 
or like anywhere he wants, or Bama or his name Tad Hudson. You got you got Jacob Mike Tuck. And he was he was on JV, stepping up in the pocket throwing. You already knew it. You already knew what time it was. I could tell. I, yeah. I could tell. And then my boy just sent me the uh his ranking the other day. He the number one number one quarterback in the state. For sure. That's why like even agents, bro, like I get I get frustrated when like guys pick people who don't view them in a certain light, you know, like because they'll never value you in the way yeah. that you want them to. And so or they won't even take care of you because for you you're just you're just uh just a, a pawn in the game, all right? And mm-hmm. I get irritated with that shit, man. And, I, you know, I'll tell kids, like, you know, there's a couple guys. Like, I had one agent um, that I worked with at one point. I fired him and shit. Like, it just wasn't working anyway. Just towards the back end of my career. Mm-hmm. I never really unofficially retired. So, it is what it is. But, <laughs> like, he just <laughs> – I, I knew he wasn't really, like, taking the time to, to, to really reach out to teams. Like, he really didn't give a shit, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so – but I knew he was going to be after – you know, a certain type of player. He wanted rounds one through three. And if you weren't that, if you were four through seven, then it was a waste he wasn't, of time. He wasn't putting forth the effort, yeah. And so there was a couple of guys, like, he was trying to recruit. A lot of these players looked at me for counsel. And I told him, I was like, you know, if, if you're this type of player, then this is what you should expect. Like, you'll get the best treatment you possibly can get. And it is what it is. I mean, some people look at it and they balance sheet and check it out. and be like, all right, well, this makes sense. At the end of the day, though, bro, like, you still got to treat people like people. And so, you know, I – I told him, I was like, you know, in your position, I wouldn't sign with the guy. The agent approached me um, and was like, hey, man, like, you know, I'd appreciate it. Like, if you would just talk to me about it. But, like, you know, I didn't do anything, you know, wrong when I was representing you. Um, I just don't feel like this should be the reputation that you throw out on me. And I was like, bro, I'm not doing anything that you didn't already do yourself. Like, right. right. I'm, this bro, is I'm not, based I, on my experience. Right. Like, I, what am I going to tell them some shit that I didn't experience myself? Like, no, bro. Like, yeah. this is what I got. And so, if that's what my if that's what my experience was, then that's what the experience was, you know? Right. You could, you you were literally the person that could change that, and you didn't. Right. You know? In the moment. Don't try to come change it now or tell me what I should or shouldn't say right. based yeah. off of my experience. Right, you know, and I'm just I'm gonna be honest with the kids because at the end of the day, it's a business. They don't really give a shit about them boys. Like the yeah. moment they can't do nothing for them is the moment that they're done with it, bro. What Drake say? The moment I stop having fun with it, I'll be done with it, bro. Done so, with it. Yep. It's crazy. It's real. See, that's the thing. So, I feel like man, I got a I got a whack agent, man. Yeah. I didn't even get a camp invite, dog. Yeah, that's wild. Crazy. It's wild, man. And a lot of it is, bro. Like, you do got to be plugged in. Like a lot of these agents got to be connected. Like to a yeah. certain degree. Some type of relationship in that. There's people in the scouting department like that can't even scout, you know, but they granddad or the uncle, somebody's in that program, you know, so organization. Yeah, it's it's a it's kind of like a fraternity, man. Yeah. Shit. It's like a fraternity, dog. And, and it's unfortunate because you got, I mean, you're just promoting guys that don't, that aren't tech, like really for the development of your program, man, like, or your organization, like they don't have, like scouting. Like you got guys putting their name on guys or or putting certain rankings on people and obviously higher ups believing in that ranking and they just not panning out. But it's but like me, I'm looking like why who would draft this guy? Like who right. would recruit this guy? Like why? Like that's not even the type of athlete. I don't know, man. But that's what happens when you get a bunch of numbers guys in them For position. Sure. Data like data guys that Get stuck on the numbers, like I like for instance, I saw a clip of Arnett, the 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 corner from uh Ohio State. Yeah, uh, oh, running the Raiders. Run the run, yeah, running for the Raiders, running striving striving with rugs. Smooth, bro. Four, four five seven guy. Right. You know what I'm saying at the combine. I, I know he's four five seven. Yeah. I mean, he probably, I don't. I'm not a big forty guy, man. Personally, no, because it don't matter. I don't see most guys that run four, track guys that get out there and can't play a damn lick of football. Right. So. He run a stride for stride with rugs, picked the ball off in a one-on-one rep. Right. Now they like, oh, surprised to see this four-five-seven guy running with the four-two guy. Like, but if you seen the film, Arnett's been doing that. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, well, you got you got everybody named Mom right now on Twitter breaking down film and shit because they think they're Dan Orlowski. I'm like, there's no way. Oh my bro. God, man, it's it's only a couple guys that I can really rely on to break some film down. 
Orlovsky's one of them. I like Baldy's breakdowns. Yeah. Baldy, Baldy. Baldy's good, bro. Baldy, yeah, I like I like Baldy a lot. He he keep it real and he just um he just knows what he's talking about, you know, from from his time playing the game. Yeah. And that's what you're gonna get when you when you're working with guys that played the game. Right. Well, and there's so much so much bullshit up there, bro. Like somebody asked me if I would coach. And I actually I ended up getting offered a head coaching job in high school um this past year. Man, the thing is, is like head coaching job? Yeah, I'm gonna keep that shit a buck, bro. One, like I just I was like, man, I can't. I, I mean, I would love to, but, like, financially, I got to go make some cash, dog. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We ain't, we ain't in Georgia, Texas from high school, you know. It's kind of one of those deals. So, I got, I got things to do. And so, from that standpoint, I was like, ah, you know, it might not be a good fit. The second level was, was like, am I myself? Like, what am I? Am I a delegator? Because I think I delegate really well. You know, I think I can put people in position. As a head coach myself, would I be responsible for being an OC? Because if that's the case, we're not running the damn football at all. Man, we got <laughs> <laughs> I mean, running back when I'm playing this organization over here. We you're, right, right. you're a running back. You better transfer. Absolutely. Damn, heck, damn, damn you don't the, like to run? Bro, <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't never checked a run. I ain't throw a check down. Shit, you know. If you look at the <laughs> film, bro, I think I threw three check downs in my whole life. Wow, Touch down a check down. Yeah, bro. I was out there like, I was. I had to get this shit together, bro. Because I'm in training camp. I prefer them style quarterbacks, though, man. Like them touchdown to check down QB, like Deshaun Watson, like Carson Wentz. Like I feel like A Rod used to be like that. I feel like he kind of getting away from it now, but yeah. Well, A Rod, A Rod about to be on some shit, man. Because you know he got the young boy in there. He got some juice, you know. Yeah, but he don't got the weapons though. Nope. They got so really, Devontae which is Adams. crazy. Devontae Adams like that though. Nah, he tough. I love, I love Devontae Adams. Yeah, yeah I love Devontae Adams. He a hard battery, bro. Yo, this is so hard, bro. I'm playing uh Call of Duty Hacking Yard, the night version of it. <laughs> I uh, I ain't tried to play the night version, man. I, I was just trying. To, I was just playing um, multiplayer last week. Because I was trying to unlock the unlock a brewing. Yeah, I did it. It's chaotic. Man, it's, it's like, hard. I mean, you, hey, you play you play video games growing up, right? Play what? You play video games growing up, right? Yeah, yeah. You remember like there are certain games I couldn't play, and it would be shit like this, like it's dark, bro, night vision. One of them was Resident Evil, though. <laughs> I can never play those without being like, without panicking, bro, hand sweating. Yeah, you playing? You playing domination? I'm playing kill confirm. Yeah, it's hard though, bro. Um, but yeah, man, I tell you what, I I do want to coach at some point though. I ain't gonna bullshit you. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. yeah. So it, there's just one. There's literally there's one situation that made me never even want to consider coaching. What's that? And it was so we were in camp. We were in camp, but like in a thicker camp. And my DB coach, it was my sophomore year, my DB coach came in, it was like early morning. He came wearing the same shorts he had on like yesterday, the day before or something. And like my boy made a joke about it. And then he's like, he's like, fellas, he's like, I haven't seen my kids in about two weeks. He said, every time I he said, every time I go home, they sleep. Every time I leave in the morning, they're asleep. And I was like, man. That sounds miserable. Yeah. I mean, and that point and that point forward, I was like, I don't want to coach. It's just you and uh, you and the you and the damn you at the facilities from five AM to ten PM. Yeah. Worried about should. kids complaining about playing time. You know what I'm saying? Parents calling you worried about kids going to sleep in class, missing study hall. Yeah, when you're breaking it down like that, yeah, that's that's it sounds dismal, bleak as hell, you know. Um, that's funny, man. I, I remember riding through Clemson, bro, like 3 a.m., bro. I see all the coaches' cars parked out there. I was like, oh, yeah, see. bro. Like, no, that's not. I mean, I just, I just value my, my free time and my, and my, you know, my personal time too much, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I heard, I heard it's not like that as much in the NFL. No, no, man. Look, it ain't even. 
Them boys, look, they tell you to do your thing, man. That's it. Everybody leave. I mean, you leave the facility, it's 5 o'clock. And the coach is out of there, bro. They want to drink their bourbon and kick it with the kids or whatever it may be, you know? Like to, get in, to get in with the NFL is tough. Well, and that's when you say it's a buddy system, it is. I mean, you got coaches that have no damn business coaching. Like, when I was when I was just – and he ended up going to the Buffalo Bills with Tyrod, too. I had a coach trying to change my mechanics, bro. I'm like – I'm like, look, man, like, I'm 23, 24 years old, bro. These mechanics ain't changing. Like, <laughs> this ain't Tebow here, you know? And right, like, uh, my mechanics are fine, first of all. Yeah. The worst shit was when they cut me, though, bro. He gave me a, a rock with, with scripture on it. It was like leaning out on your own understanding. I'm like, damn. I was like, that's all I get, huh? In the black <laughs> trash bag, you know? Pack your shit up. Stole some gear yeah. on the way out. Yeah. But nah, bro, I wouldn't change none of that. It was, I mean, it's a good experience. It was dope. I mean, it's just it's stressful as hell. Cause when you when you know like you're bottom of the barrel, you got drafted hella late and you got no capital invested in you. Like you're worried about getting cut on every single throw, you know. Every oh for real? Every throw? Yeah. Every throw, bro. I'm like, damn. Woo. I'm getting three, that's four. Right there. That's pressure. We getting 70, 80 plate installs. I'm getting three or four reps a day. I'm I'm like, shit, I don't even know how to how to decipher what's what, you know, because I I hated studying growing up, you know, so I'm in the dorm room trying to cram to death. And um, 80 play installs? Yeah, bro. I remember one play specifically. It was shift and halfback, turn right open, two jet, scat, slam, all those special, eagle, shallow cross. You know what the same play at Clemson was, bro? Trey Wright, Florida nine. <laughs> why? Why the hell? Why, why the hell was it so complex? For what reason? Bro, that play you just said was long as hell. Yeah, the only reason I remember is because I couldn't say it, bro. And because you knew the exact play in Clemson's offense. Yeah. And that's, you know, you got to try to calculate it and relate it back to that. Much more simple. If I had, like, a photographic memory, bro, like, it would have been one thing, bro. But I was like, shit, man. I was like, I took my SAT, and, like, I'm, I always thought I had, you know, some really good intellect. But, again, I'm ADD, man. Like, and studying just wasn't something that was really the deal for me. Right. And, um, I'm sitting there. And I'm like, shit, bro, I'm trying to figure out how to formulate letters with, pair them up together with numbers and, and animal names. I'm like, shit, man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, Vic and Gina wasn't really breaking it down like that because they didn't really understand it. And so, <laughs> so I'm like, damn, I'm on the island out here by myself, bro, you know. Yeah, they can't help you because they can't even help themselves. Right, you know. You got the guy I'm competing with that know the system better than anybody else. I'm like, it's wild, bro. Yeah. You know, better than the quarterback coach. Right. Yeah, it was a different But, you know, it's just – it ain't the same. I mean, the league ain't the same. I mean, you grow up, you know, high school, middle school, high school, college. I mean, you build rapport with the guys. You kick it with them. This the homies. But, you know, here, half of the guys are even scared to to be your friend because they don't th- they don't think you might – you're going to be there, you know? And then it was like, I don't want to invest in a relationship that ain't even going to, that ain't even going to last, you know? Yeah, this dude about to be gone. Right. And so the yeah. first that first cut. It's, it's more, it's more like y'all are really employees. I that's mean, it. you know what I'm saying? Like coworkers. Like when, yeah, that's it, bro. Like when Jerry Jones told them boys, like, yeah, y'all ain't kneeling, bro. I'm, I'm writing these checks. Y'all kneel if you want to, bro. Like, y'all ain't going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I said shit. Oppressive. Very oppressive, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry was like, I don't give a damn. We got a business to run over here, bro. And if you go to Jerry's world, you start to understand, like, yeah, this is this ain't just a football organization for him. This is the entire uh, structure. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's a corporation. Right, it's an entity right here, you know. And so, you know, and I, I think that's why, like, most coaches, like, you talked about a and, you know, the way he's interacting. Most people don't want to invest that time in him. Um, just because they're like, is it even going to be worth it when it's all said and done? But, man, that's how you create players that ride or die for you, man. They were like, yo, this guy cares about me uh, yeah, on a personal level, and so I'm willing to give him everything I've got. You know, when he asked for it, I'm going to give it to him. And so but that's just – that's what anything, man. So I can re- I can appreciate it. I can respect it, you know. Absolutely. And, and he's truthful. He's honest with it. I mean, hell, Rex Ryan used to be out there sometimes like, Oh, you had a great day of practice. And in your mind, you're like, that shit was terrible, bro. But right, you only got four reps. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dad called me like, how's it going out there? I'm like, oh, you know, it's, it's coming along. 
Oh, shit. It's wild, man. I'll tell you, though. But, you know, even with that, I mean, just bringing it back to Wake Forest, I do like uh, – I mean, I, I, there's there's things I like about Clawson, you know. Um, I like Clawson. I, I feel like uh, – I mean, when, when he got – when he came in, it was a little shaky. Yeah. Just because you had some of those guys from the old regime, you know, that weren't used to the the new ways. He had to change the culture. Um, but once he did that, got his guys in, got his, you know, strength staff, all of that, I feel like he got he he was able to transition, you know, the guys that were already there, kind of transition their mindset, you know, to this is the new regime. And once they bought in, you know, I feel like it started with Chubb in them class. Yeah, KJ and them class, KJ and Bud class, kind of like a transition class. But I mean, obviously they were still ballers. Um, but he really got to put his imprint on, you know, Chubb and them class a little after them guys when he started getting like the like Kendall Hinton and and uh, you know, all them guys. But yeah, he, they rocking now. I mean, consistently in bowl games, you know. Uh, I mean, that's kind of the expectation now that down at Wake, which is good. Yeah, I didn't realize Chubb was younger than you, man. Who, Chuck? Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, one or two years younger. He might have been might have been one. I think he's one year younger. Chuck, so I jumped into this. He got a book group. Um, yeah, I was, I was in it. I'm, I'd just be lacking. Shit. Yeah, I, ain't, I mean, look, I was in the text messages, but I didn't get the book. Right. <laughs> I joined the meeting and everything. It was that war, we had started a Warriors book, a Warriors uh. I still ain't finished the book. See, I'm, I don't know, bro. I can't. I'm, I've never been a big reader, man. And when when I saw he was doing it, I was like, all right, man, this is an opportunity for me, you know, start reading. But I don't know. I just never been a big reader. I, I but it does make it easier if I get it on my phone. So, because I'm always on my phone, so I was like, man, if I can be on my phone, I can read on my phone too. Yeah. So I've, I've gotten to reading more than I've ever done in my life. I can't do it from the phone, like just because I don't pro- like I'm thinking about a million other things as I'm looking at my phone or exactly. listening to like yeah. audio books. And so I got to like highlight shit, man. And yeah. A nice little collection over here. So I read a lot of philosophy books and my mind, I'm a philosopher, bro. I'm Epictetus. I'm Seneca. I'm all of them, bro. I'm just a black. <laughs> you know, I never, I appreciate books with, uh, that you can like build your own type of opinion from like the alchemist. Yeah. Yeah, like, I've actually never read that, bro. Huh? I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've actually never read it myself. I never bought it. Yeah, you got to check that out. I heard it's fantastic, though. I like, yeah, it's a, it's a good book. I like books where you can, like, learn a lesson and, like, apply it to your life. I can't explain it, but, like, but but it might not mean the same thing to everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I'm actually doing this Um, I'm doing this virtual keynote um, with a couple other coaches for some businesses. Um, it's like a venture capitalist deal. And, you know, I had like a, a one-on-one with, uh, one of the CEOs of the company who's kind of being the, uh, the moderator for it. Um, and we started talking and again, like a, a lot of people like, cause I, I deep dive, bro. Like I try to give people what I got. Um, just because, I mean, the experience me speaking on it has helped me. So I know that it helps somebody else. Right. But, like we started talking about a book. Uh, one of my favorite books is called Old Man in the Sea by Ernest Hemingway. And I forgot what the question was that he asked me and I related it back to that book. And I was like, look, man, like, cause he was like, well, how do you, how do you know 100% when you've reached what you're trying to accomplish? And I was like, I, I think you'll just know. And as long as I know it, it doesn't matter if anybody else knows it from a, from an external standpoint. And so like um, in the book, there's a fisherman. And he has a young skipper with him that kind of goes up. But this this old fisherman um, is one of these guys who, you know, people look at like a bum, right? This guy, he just, he's always around, but he never catches shit and all of those different things. He just kind of has been, um, and it's very relatable to, to us on like a, a, a human level. Um, and he decides that, you know what, he's going to go out and he's going to try one more time. He's coming back. He's not coming back empty-handed. He's coming back with something to show the people that he's worth something. And he goes out there and he's out there for however many days, weeks, and he catches, he gets into a fight with this giant fish. And he catches it 
and it is one of the biggest fish that anybody's ever seen. A selfish. Mm-hmm. And he realizes that he doesn't have the right boat size for it. And so he catches it, he hooks it, ties it up to the side. I mean, it was a, an eight, nine-hour battle. He finally catches it. Young Skipper's there. He's excited. And it's like, we can't wait to show everybody when we get back what we caught. Right. And call duty off. And on the way back, they didn't think about the predators that was going to be swimming beside them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so all of these fish, these sharks, all these other predatory animals are taking bites of the selfish. And he's trying to fend them off. He's fighting them off because they're, they're taking his prize. Right. Yeah. And so it was such a long commute back that by the time they got back, there was nothing left to show. Everything was gone. And, mm-hmm. and he was defeated and he felt like he was a failure. And he was like, you know, everybody was right. Like I'm not a good fisherman. And then he thought about it and was like, well, I know that I caught that fish. Right. I know it. It doesn't matter if they believe me or not. Like, I know I caught it, bro. And I think for a lot of us, that's that's what we get to, man. Like, we start getting on social media and believing the hype and, and trying to live in this comparative analysis spaces. And at the end of the day, like, the only person that really needs to know that shit is you. Man, bro. Me and, uh, me and KJ talk about, like, I mean, he just, he just, he's grown, like, mentally just kind of what he could just call what he's been through, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, with injuries and just still being in the league or whatever. But a lot of it, a lot of our conversation, like, when we just be deep diving is, like, the opinion of others kind right. of, it runs the world. A lot of people just wouldn't do what they do if it wasn't for the opinion of others. Like, and once once a person is able to, truly just genuinely being in tune with themselves and not care about the opinion of other like yeah. OBJ talks about it a lot like like I don't I don't care about the opinion of man you know what I'm saying and and once you get to that point like you're you'll be a happier person yeah. just because that's literally what the if you think about why people do the things they do it's literally just because of the way it looks the way you portray yourself to another person or the way you know, the way you're going to look doing this or you want you want a lot of money to buy something, but why do you want to buy that? It's just because, you know what I'm saying? It's not, you don't want to buy a damn 2021 SUV just because, you know what I'm saying? Just because yeah. you want it. You want it because it looked good. And why does it look good? Because other people say think it look good. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, it's, it's status symbol. Right. And, yeah, so, I mean, we just be talking about that and I feel like, that kind of relates to what you were just talking about. No, 100%, man. Like, it's it's mind-blowing to me that that's where we're all, that's where we are. Um, and for the foreseeable future, that's where we'll be. And so, so many people, so, like, it's funny because people take stock in what people say based off of the amount of followers that they have. They think that because somebody has more followers or some other shit or that people know them, that they're more wise or have more merit than somebody else. Right. And, you know, I'm listening to these keynote speakers and all of these guys who are acclaimed and have all these accolades. And what's crazy is that these people are expert storytellers, but they're experts at telling somebody else's stories and not their own. Yeah. I mean, that's some wild shit, bro. Like, when you think about it, it's like, man, like, that ain't even something that they live. They just made it sound good, you know? <laughs> and so, I mean, that's why, like, people, their journeys individually are unique um, and they should, they should be uh, appreciative of what it is um, because it's going to help somebody, man. So just, you know, be truthful with it, speak it, man. Just, and just live it. Shit. You know, that's all you can do, you know? Yep. I mean, everybody, everybody is a book, you know, like in in theory, everybody could write a book. Um, Sometimes you got to dress it up a little bit better, you know, to make it, make it make sense, you know? Shit. Well, yeah, man. You know what? I think I think we can end up something like that. All right. What else you want to talk about, man? Anything else? Uh. Oh, something cool. <laughs> they allowing they allowing uh college football players to wear the number zero. Yeah, man. Matter of fact, I saw you tweet about that. Yeah, that's just hard, bro. <laughs> that's tough. I mean, I thought it was a big deal. You remember Marvin Austin from UNC? Yeah, he wore number nine. Number nine, right? I was like, damn, that's that was a big tough. Boy wearing nine. Yeah. That was tough. 
But um, but yeah, cause while well, wait, they didn't let nobody wear number one. No. Nah, well, Coach Grove didn't, but now they do. But um, but I was thinking like, damn, like, not only they got one out there, they got zero. They're like, that's tough. Yeah, that's hard, bro. Oh, how do you feel about uh? Is that what you would have wore? What? Would you have worn zero? Oh, if it was like available today, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Russell Westbrook is my favorite athlete. Right, that's true. Yeah. I thought he the most athletic person, like. In the world, yeah, one of not not the but oh, he's so damn explosive, bro. Don't even no I feel like out of all the athletes, he's one of the top three that will excel in any other sport. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, undoubtedly, he could be a slot like a like like a motherfucker, bro. Yeah, exactly. Or he'll be he could be a great swimmer. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like he could be a great soccer forward, player. Forward in soccer, yeah, bro. Yeah, I feel like his his athleticism is the most transferable. Right. Um, but nah, yeah, I definitely would I would try to wear zero. But I, I did want to ask you, um what how do you feel about um Ohio State going independent? Like if they if they were to explore that. I mean, I think you could expect some sort of lawsuit to be put in play. But again, bro, like I, I said before, like I think for a long time, you know, we've seen some of the cracks and the foundations of the NCAA in itself. But we're getting close to this thing really breaking away, at least the Power Five breaking away from the NCAA and governing themselves. Hell, that's what they do anyways. The NCAA just benefits based off of the revenue stream. You know, we talk NCAA tournaments, playoff games, all of that. And these conferences are now like, man, look, we can we can figure this shit out on our own and roll from there. So it's it'll be well, So what would that mean? Like everybody's independent? Or the way the way I would do it, like personally. And hopefully, we've been talking for a minute, so hopefully people have got this far into the damn conversation because it's been pretty good. Um, if it was up to me, since I believe that truly, like, only half of the conference of every Power Five conference really cares about football, right? I would create tiers, tier one, tier two, tier three. Northwestern is fucking tier three. Right? Stanford's tier two, right? They, <laughs> Why they, you hate Northwestern so much? Northwestern don't give a damn, bro. Like, Hold on, didn't they? Didn't some kids from Northwestern get us that check? That's what I'm saying. They ain't even. They ain't even care, bro. It was like they ain't even play, but we gonna make we gonna make the shake, bro. And they got they didn't got rid of the people wearing jerseys, you know, NCAA video games. Yeah, they did, they did more good. They did more bad than good because that check was thick <laughs> as hell, bro. Nah, it was my, my check was weak compared to my boy that played at NC State. Yeah, I mean, it was solid. You know, I can't complain. But, like, we had a Clemson guy involved with it. One of my former high school teammates from West Virginia was involved with it. And I'm like, come on, bro. Like, I dig it, man. But, like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, I mean, I just I would just wanted more money, honestly. Yeah, you feel me? Like, because for, at the end of the day, it was more self-serving than anything else. Like, I know they made five times what everybody else got paid. So Yeah, exactly. Are we doing it for y'all? Nah, I mean, you selfish. You trying to eat. It was like uh, Booby Mouse. You trying to take football from me? <laughs> <laughs> you from Miller Lee? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now I think a team like uh, I think a team like Ohio State going independent, they'll be honestly. You talking about like in, the, in the same sense like Notre Dame is? Yeah, I feel like first of all, you know how I feel about Notre Dame. Like, yeah, they stay blowing in the big games. Like, I, I I'm just not a big Notre Dame guy. No, they're they're, they're you can count on them to blow it if they got a if they got a Saturday night game against SC. Bro, they, they gonna get thrashed every time, bro. Four or five every touchdowns. Time, every time they got a big game that's under the lights, they always blow it, bro. And the, but the expectation for them is always the same. Like some somehow they always rank like number six or seven. Then when they get that one big game of the year, they always blow it, bro. Yeah. Yeah, like they played uh, Clemson in the Cotton Bowl, man. I was just like, damn. Everybody was like, this is, you know. I mean, I don't bet, but these are those are easy bets to make, bro. Like you bet the house on whoever the hell Notre Dame. They're the favorite going into a game like that. Yeah. They are not going to perform. They never perform. But they, they love them. Yeah. They're an easy target. I'll give them that. Just because they are independent and they make their own schedule. Like, and Brian Kelly seems like a solid dude, bro. But, like. They got to do better, period. 
And then uh, I don't know about Ron Kelly, man. He he be blaming the, he be blaming his players a lot. Like, was it? Yeah. yeah, like there was a couple situations where he blamed the quarterback specifically. Like, like damn, bro. Like, yeah, they ain't never been my <laughs> like. Yeah, like, throwing, no throwing players under the bus. Yeah, that's wild, man. You can't do that, bro. You can't do yeah, no. Nah. But if Ohio State was independent, like, I feel like the Big 12 is forcing their hand. If I was in my explorer, make them. Because the Big 12, like, standing, standing pat, like, standing firm on, we're not, we not even exploring, you know, nothing in the fall. Because I heard, I heard they had players, uh, parents about to go to the Big 12 headquarters. Damn, don't it like that? Yeah, just to, just because they want Ohio State want to play bad, man. Honestly, I don't even know why Justin Fields wouldn't play so bad. Yeah, I don't know, bro. I mean, he consensus top three pick. Top, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, would you want to be number one that bad? Yeah. Because you don't – I mean, y'all ain't going to be able to play the national championship at this rate. Yeah, I mean, it's, somebody asked me that the other day. It's like, well, like, if you're in that position, like, would you, would you still be pushing the issue to play? I'm like – I mean, like a part of me gets why I wouldn't, and then I'm like, maybe from a competitor, competitive standpoint, like I'd be like, yeah, let's play, man. Like, I don't know, just because I mean, yeah, you put in work, you know, but shit, you still put in work and get ready for the combine, get ready for pro day, right? Yeah, and then you got you got your agents footing the bill, so yeah, exactly. Like, would you rather be playing against Illinois? In in twelve degree weather in February, or would you rather be training in Miami at at, at Pete Bomarito? You know what right. I'm saying? You know what, bro? I I think the Ohio State deal is because like like they've been close for a long time, but I think this year they really would have an opportunity to to win a national championship. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is gonna be a big year for them. Like, you can't, you can't crown a national champ without Ohio State being in that conversation. Like, I'm just gonna say it, bro. Like, that's the thing; they feel like they're missing out because literally all the other top teams are still playing: Bama, Clemson, Oklahoma. Yeah, they're all still they playing this season. Oh yeah, so that's why they like, bro. Like, we need to be. Well, and they got – I mean, high school football in Ohio is playing. University of Cincinnati is playing in the AAC. And so you got your, your top – Right, you got, you got the Browns and the Bengals playing. Right. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely – they should break that contract. I want to see Ohio State. I don't care too much for, like, Nebraska and Wisconsin. But I definitely – no, I do think I do think the uh, the Big Ten is is probably the most competitive in game conference week to week. Um, just with the they got a lot of similarities between their players Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin. They all kind of fit the same build. Um, Ohio State except Ohio State just stand out. Yeah, like they come from a different cloth, and so that's why their results are what they are every year. Um, and then I got into an argument with a guy. On air, because I said that Ohio State notoriously is slow as hell from a team standpoint, and I was like, and I think a lot of it is just me thinking back to that '06 game when they played yeah. Florida, yeah, and got boat race. Ted again or not, bro? Like that, it looked like two different teams, two different speeds. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, man, let me stop, let me stop having a bias here. But yeah, and then when I scored that long run, I had shit. I scored on a fifty-yard run, bro. Like. The most I, the longest run I had up to that point was like twenty five yards, thirty yards. Right. Nah, Trevor Lawrence didn't. When was when did Trevor Lawrence have that long that long run? Was it against Ohio State? Yeah, longest <laughs> longest run in his career. You're right. <laughs> nah, they they safeties be slow for some reason. They do, bro. They corners be they, but they nah they stay with some five corners now. They do. They got. I mean, they got juice, bro. I would have went there if they would offer me. You said you would have. Yeah, I probably would have went there and threw it off. Yeah, it would have been hard not to, bro. I mean, it was so hard for me not to go there, bro. I mean, the reason I even wore number 10 was because of Troy Smith. Yeah, that's – yeah. That's far. And I walk in and Trust was like, hey, look, we were going to retire this number, but if you come here, you can have it. I'm like, damn. Oof. Yeah, that would hard to turn down, bro. 
Yeah, Pharrell probably pulled up in this brand new Nissan 350Z. So I was like, oh, they paying these boys too. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, Ian. I get to Clemson. It's a damn, it's the worst, worst visit I went on, bro. I had a terrible host. Nah, this host wasn't too bad, bro. But <laughs> the visit was super weak compared to everything else. And then I was like, man. Man, I was, I only took, bro, I had all them offers only took one visit. I mean, granted, I had visited other places. But one, I took one official visit. But I had, like, I went to Ole Miss and was like hanging out with like Greg Hardy and Dustin McCluster, like Tennessee. Like I went all the places, but I ain't officially like take only uh, officially only took one visit. I should have took more. Yeah, you should have, bro. My visits live. Like, and my brother got he used to come to every visit with me, mm-hmm. and so he got accustomed to that shit, you know. And so he went to every visit I went on except for Oregon. You went, you did official to Oregon? Yeah. How was it? It was live, bro. And this is back when, like, so they technology now. A lot of teams kind of caught up to it. But they still yeah. got all the cutting-edge stuff. Like, they still got stuff that hasn't come out yet. Like, they had um, an arm sleeve with um, – it wasn't like a Velcro patch. It was like a silicon patch that held the ball intact, you know? Damn. So, like, it was, like, super sticky. It was, like, hella grip. And so you never fumble the football. Like, I still haven't seen Nike produce that yet. Probably because it's illegal, but that shit's hard, bro. Right. <laughs> Damn. See, I, I had Oregon, too. I should I should have took that visit. Yeah, man. It was it was lit. I, I wanted to try. I had got an offer from Hawaii, kind of out of the blue. And I wanted to take a visit out there. And they was like, look, like, you know, we offer you, but, like, the only – we'll only let you come out here on a visit if you're, like, your – Top two teams. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's expensive, you know. I was just like, yeah. I said, man, yeah, that's, I appreciate y'all, bro. But I ain't, I ain't, I'm not Timmy Chang, bro. Colt Brent, <laughs> I ain't coming out here. Yeah, that was yeah, that was that was a tall order to get me to come to Hawaii. Right. That's why I didn't want to go to Oregon. Yeah, that was too far from the crib, bro. Then I couldn't. I I was I was man. I was like, man, I'm going to a Nike school. So I cut out all the Adidas schools. I cut out Michigan, Tennessee. I, I was like, I ain't doing under I ain't going to South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's really how, how I boiled it down, bro. Like, that's how I cut my list down. South Carolina, huh? Who's the, who's the DB coach there? Who's the D coordinator? I don't remember, bro. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even think I talked to nobody from South Carolina. I just remember they offered me. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was weird. Sometimes, like, you just open up the mail and it's just offers in there. It's yeah. an offer, yeah. Like, that's a West Virginia just faxed the offer to me. Yeah, that's just weird, bro. Coach, Coach Gallery told me that was him, though. Colorado did that shit, man. I was like, what? Yeah, it'd be like, like if if they uh if they rival, like, offer you, they'll offer you just off the – Oh, for sure. Off the strength. Like, when, when Virginia Tech offered, that's when, like, West Virginia came through. I'm like, what? I ain't never talked to nobody from West Virginia. Like Michigan offered me like randomly, Syracuse, Louisville. Yeah. <laughs> Syracuse, huh? Yeah, I won't go on to Syracuse. But it's crazy to do to offer me at Syracuse ended up coming to wait to coach me anyway. That's the thing about college football, bro. So they lock you in, then they be switching them coaches all the time, bro. Yeah. I have four different I had four different D B coaches. During my four years that week. Four? Four, bro. That's tough. My my first, he went on to be a head coach at UNC Charlotte. Second, he went on to defensive, be the defensive coordinator at Air Force. Third dude went on to be safety coach at Oklahoma State. And the fourth dude, like, he at, Indi- he at uh, Purdue now. Damn. Hey, look, use this leverage. Level up. Stepping stone. Yeah, bro. The wake, the wake DB job is a stepping stone job. Everybody went. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's good. The secondary be so lit, though, every year, man. Right, but we don't be winning. I yeah. mean, we, we wasn't. But, now nah, we did have some some solid secondary. That was a tough secondary. I mean, outside of Florida State, year in and year out. It was that defense we played, too. It was like, you had to be smart to play in that defense, like. It was like a minor. It was like a system. It was like a, a minor system. Yeah, bro. Man, you yeah, like 
I don't know what it was. Like sometimes Bud played Cloud, man, and I used to be sitting there like, damn, like you know, trying to figure out because no, Bud was dope, bro. Yeah, nah, Bud was fine. Like I love Kevin, bro, but I I, I would throw at Kevin before I throw it at Bud, bro. <laughs> nah, Bud used to be Bud was fine. I used to be like, shit, man, you know. We had Sammy was out a couple times. I'm like, damn, all right, we have to figure out how to how to make this work. <laughs> No, nah, bro, because, like, Bud obviously excelled in man because that's all they played in high school. Right. So, like, in our defense, like, after a certain point, it would, it would become man. Like, if, if like, two go out, he coming off. But other than that, it's man. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, that's when he used to excel. Like said, you got Nikita sitting out there, bro. Like, he was damn near unblockable. <laughs> My boy's, like, five, five, seven. Bowling ball, bro. Smoking cigarettes. Stronger than ever. Just in, in that car that we can have it. Right. But all right, we got a double team on I'm like, shit, man. <laughs> y'all had Ellington. Y'all had a squad, bro. Yeah, offense, offense was lit, bro. Our defense was just lacking for a while. Yeah. We couldn't be stopped. Offense, I mean, we just shit, we put up as many points as we could, you know? Yeah, y'all, used to, y'all used to put up points for sure. Well, yeah, man. All right. Until next week. All right, brother. I'll catch <laughs> up with you next week, dog. Absolutely. Hey, look. Appreciate you guys tuning in. With AJ Marshall.